When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! And thing sucks! <laughs> what yeah. an opening! Yes. Yeah. I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta get my, 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 my opening game up this <laughs> No, your 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 openers are amazing, Joe. Don't, don't let anybody tell you any different. So the rare Wednesday live on a Thursday afternoon, guys. How are you all doing? Good, man. Yeah, man. I'm I'm liking the energy coming from your side right now, June. It, it is appropriate. <laughs> Good, <laughs> very appropriate. I, so I've heard you've got something going on that hasn't happened in oh. 33 years. How how's it? How, how does it? How does it feel, Joan Foster Child, our Detroit Lions representatives for, for Fans First Sports Network? How do you all feel right Foster, now? I, Foster, I'll let you go ahead and start it off. I mean, what are, what are we, three wake-ups away from? This This is like the, the first time, you know, out of jail after being locked up. Like, you know, you we're ready three, to dream. Did you say three wake-ups? Three wake-ups. Oh, wow. We're re- we ready to dress out. We're ready to dress out and, 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 and live this life that, that everybody else has lived. So. <laughs> that that uh that process out is a long, long winding road, Foster. <laughs> let me tell you. But, yeah. <laughs> We've been writing you, it I, on the wall, the tally on the wall for, you know. Hey, man, hey you, you ain't got to tell me, man. <laughs> you ain't got to tell me. As a Bear fan, as a Bear fan, as a... As a Cub fan, I understand. I understand where you're coming from, man. So the Detroit, Detroit Lions are flying to the Bay, San Francisco, mm. to meet up with the 49ers for the right to the, to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. As I said, it's somewhere that Detroit hasn't been in 30, I believe this is 33 years. Yeah, 33 years. Uh, this is the third consecutive year for San Francisco in this game. Yeah. 
So let's go ahead and let's start there. Obviously, you guys have led the division wire to wire. It's only right that we start our NFC weekly show with our Detroit Lions representatives. So we already said how you feel. Let's get into this game. As I looked at the books today, everywhere has got Detroit within a within a touchdown of the NFC, uh, San Francisco 49ers. I kind of think it's disrespectful because just just going by the injury report and how San Francisco's looked last week against the, the other NFC team that's not represented here, but we can talk about them in a second. How do you all think of, feel about your chances Sunday? Um, I think it's going to be a tough game, but we we definitely we definitely have a chance to uh, to win this game and advance to the Super Bowl. But it is it's going to be tough. This is going to be the tough. This is going to be the toughest opponent other than the the Ravens that we faced thus thus far. So um, I don't really concern myself with too much of the the favorites and the points and all that because you know how how much was the other team. Um, supposed to be not favored and and they they had the they had them on the ropes they had the 49ers on the ropes so you know all that goes out the window um and it's zero you know right now we're all zero zero this all comes down to who's going to come out of it oh and one and who's going to come out of it one and oh so you lay it all on the line hey i'm right there with you i'm right there with you um, B. Foster. So, June, uh, Jared Goff <laughs> leading leading the offense right back into California. It's someplace he's very familiar with. I think the weather's supposed to be very nice coming for this weekend for Sunday for the game. Okay. But from what I understand, from what, what a lot of the pundits have been saying, um, previewing the game. They don't think the Detroit Lions, they don't think that offense is tailor-made for an outdoors game. How do you feel about that? I would say uh, Detroit Lions versus uh, Chargers. Mm. That was a pretty uh, good offensive output that weekend uh, outside in California. So, Chargers? Oh, well, no, you said Kansas City, did you say? No, no, no. Chargers. Oh, I'm tripping. Okay. That offensive output that day. You remember, Foster? Yeah, no, I remember. I don't know why I thought I heard you say Kansas City. If I did, I meant Chargers. I'm sorry. But at the same time, I don't think outside has a temperament on the uh, on the Detroit Lions offense. I don't think that has anything to do with it. Good. So – Let's go ahead and move towards our Minnesota Vikings representative, Dave, from Vikings First and Skull on YouTube and everywhere else you can find your audio pla- uh, audio podcast. I'm going to ask you, as our, again, another guy who's interested in the NFC, are you rooting for yeah, the Lions? You know, because we kind of do want to see the North in the Super Bowl, right? It's been a while. So... How you feel, man? You you you, you pulling for hot? You got your Honolulu blue going this weekend? I thought about getting to this question. Um, 
<laughs> there's a point where I don't want to see the Detroit Lions win a Super Bowl before the Minnesota Vikings. And they're getting close to that point. So I'm 50-50 on this game. I still want to see if the Niners do win and Baltimore wins. If the whole conspiracy theory of the logos comes to to fruition. (laughs) But I do believe the Detroit Lions have a great chance of pulling it out this weekend and making their first ever Super Bowl. It's going to be, it's going to be hell to pay <laughs> with uh, <laughs> Detroit going to their first ever Super Bowl. And they've got a lot of pent up frustration. It's, I, I can't imagine any other city that deserves it more just, just to have that, just to have all eyes on them from a sports world perspective. Um, yeah, I kind of don't disagree. Well, I, I, let me say that again. I kind of don't agree with a lot of the so quote unquote experts on TV saying that the offense won't won't be able to, you know, do what they're supposed to do against San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco's defense hasn't really been that scary for the, for the most part. Um, their front line, Bosa uh, and Chase, they're good. So the offensive line will have their work cut out for them, you know, obviously. But as far as like the back, the back seven guys, I think the Detroit Lions that you know can put them to work real easily. There's there are there aren't five tougher wide receivers in the league than St. Brown. There aren't there isn't a tougher run to run offense to defend than what Detroit poses with Montgomery and Gibbs coming out of the backfield. That type of uh, thunder and lightning you haven't seen since. I don't know, name him. Probably probably the original Thunder and Lightning, probably. So I'm giving the Lions more than a fighting chance. I'd like them to actually win this game. I actually like them to control this game for the most part and go ahead and handle business. I don't want to go ahead and say more than a touchdown win. I think it'll be close, but I don't think Detroit will be clawing, you know, cat punt included, that uh, to handle their <laughs> to pull the win out. Um, so let's go ahead and just, let's, let's, what do I, what do we think as far as when winning, like, I don't, I know you all don't like to predict games, but do you, do you feel, do you feel your position is good enough to win this game? Yeah. Let's I mean, yeah, yeah I go mean, ahead. we, uh, like you said, we have as far as the weather is concerned. I mean, we have, yeah, we have a running attack. We have a we have one of the best tight ends in the game. Um, like we said, Jared Goff is very familiar with California. He grew up 30 minutes from San Francisco. He's a Joe Montana fan. We're 16 because of Joe Montana. So this is like this is the perfect opportunity for him to once again, you know, defy the odds and and win a game that that has a little bit more it's you know, it's more at stake for him um, because he is a, a Cali guy and he was, you know, traded away. And, um, yeah. The, 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 they gave up a hundred yards to Aaron Jones last week. So, you know, not to say that that's something that they, they're going to make a reoccurring theme, but they kind of have to prove that they, 
they, they can. And, and that's the one thing that was a major factor in our game, in the Tampa Bay game, is that we got away from the run. But when we got back in the groove of things and, and started running the ball again, it opened everything back up for them. So the, as far as their secondary, that's probably their weakness. I think they have a, a strong front seven. They got Bosa. They got um, uh, Chase Young. Chase Young. And they got Warner, who's one of, you know, that, I think that, that linebacking core is one of the tougher running uh, linebacking cores. And Greenlaw had two interceptions like last week by himself. So they're tough up, up front. But, you know, we, we got one of the best offensive lines, too, off of offensive lines, too. So I, I give us a very – I give us a very good chance to win that game. It's going to come down to stopping McCaffrey. That's that's really what what scares me is McCaffrey more than anything. Dave, um, I've been saying for, <laughs> for pretty much back half of the season to anybody who would listen – that the 49ers, as as well as they've played, as well as they've looked, they are vulnerable inside the tackle box against the run. Uh, and as B. Foster said, they let Aaron Jones look pretty formidable, formidable against them last week. And we've all seen Aaron Jones twice a, twice a season for the last handful of seasons. <laughs> we know what Aaron Jones is. And we know what we saw, like, okay, Aaron Jones is having a career day. This this isn't the Aaron Jones we know. So am I am I crazy if I'm saying like hey, I think they got more, they got more than a puncher's chance if they put the they put the rock in David Montgomery's hands and let him do what he's supposed to do and let Gibbs get on the outside after they get tired of you know banging in the middle and let him go use that incredible quickness. This could this can get uh they can they can control this game. How, how do you feel? Oh, I agree completely. The Lions' offense, especially if Goff does not get real generous, um, <laughs> this team. And I don't think Goff is going to. I think he's out to prove something, and he's been playing the best ball of his career. I think this team with that offensive line. With the running game, and I agree with you, that two-headed monster is nasty. I think they could control this game. And I think they will. And we know they're aggressive, right? And I love aggressive football. They will go at them from an offensive side at that defense. And it may be a it may be a fun to watch, blow for blow, just a knockout fight. You know, where you got heavyweights just battling it out. But I think Detroit can keep on their feet and keep throwing punches and very well may come ahead when the day is done. I'm not now when you flip the script, that makes a different story. I think defense can rattle Purdy. And we're gonna find out if they rattle Purdy, I think Detroit cruises. But that's going to be the challenge. And I agree. I'm worried about McCaffrey, but it's going to be an interesting game. I expect a very close game. The whole San Francisco favored by seven, I think, is I think Vegas is whacked on that one. <laughs> I got you know, I'll tell you all my final score. I've been playing around with this in my head. I got I got Detroit 31 25. That's just the way I see this game uh floating out. Um I do think they're 
San Francisco back back seven is vulnerable, and I don't want to dis. I don't want to. I got to be fair. I don't want to um, not point out that Detroit's back seven is also. <laughs> also <laughs> and, but if Debo Samuel's doesn't play, and it's up in the air if he does or not, that makes it a lot easier to to, to scheme that team. Their offense is very is very precise and is very scheduled. If you don't have that that unicorn that Debo is out there, their offense is all the numbers has already pointed this out. When they, when Debo's not there, the offense is two yards worse per play. Even with CMC, uh, Kittle, and um, I'm blanking on the other wide receiver's name right now. Hey, uh, yeah, Brandon Ayuk. Even with those terrific players, Debo is the one that makes that thing go. So mm-hmm. if he's banged up and he's half of what he's supposed to be or does, doesn't play at all, it's going to get you <laughs> – Get your best slips in. Get it in now. <laughs> okay. You got to remember that uh, Debo was out when we played him. Mm-hmm. Now, we were hurt, too. We were missing. I think J.J. was out that game as well. But we beat them because Debo was out. So if Debo's not playing, that that's a big advantage, Lions. Very. They had very. their losing streak uh, early in the season when Debo was out. So they're yeah, very we started it for him. Yeah, very vulnerable without Debo. We talked about that running back for the Green Bay Packers. They were the other <laughs> NFC North representative in the playoffs. Their season came to a crashing halt uh, last weekend to the San Francisco 49ers. So we want to go ahead and give them our flowers, let the uh, – the funeral procession, go ahead and start moving and give our give our warm thoughts to their season. And I'm, I'm going to start with you, Dave. I, what's, what's your if thoughts? If we're giving them a funeral, it's going to be a, a Cajun <laughs> funeral for me. Get out the brass horns. Let's start dancing, drinking, and start the parade because the Packers are dead. Um <laughs> The Green Bay Baggers, got to give it to them. Uh, they went beyond expectations this season. They took their very professional quarterback, and he turned into something in the second half of the season, which was surprising to all of us. Yeah. Now, what surprised me even more is he channeled his inner Brett Favre there at the end of the game, doing the across-the-body throw for the interception in San Francisco to seal the win. I could guarantee you myself and a ton of Minnesota fans smiled ear to ear when they saw that. Hey, it's a shame that Green Bay's out and they're picking now what 20 something in the in a draft and they've got to hope that they get everything back next year. We'll see. But I think they did find their quarterback much to the chagrin of everybody else in this division. And we're going to have fun with them next season. They join me and you pay in their off-season preparations. But what did you think, Pay, watching the Packers eventually lose last week to the San Francisco 49ers? I'm tired of them making me making me wrong. I'm glad their season's finally over. I've been picking <laughs> against them for so many weeks. <laughs> and they kept they kick up sticking it to me. Pause. So I'm glad their season's over. Um, just just for me. Now watching the game, 
I did feel what you were, same thing you said there, Dave. It's much to the chagrin. They look a lot better than I want to give them credit for. Um, I want to believe that a lot of that had to do with San Francisco not being as potent as we give, as we think that they are. So, I'm, and that may be just me, you know, as the bear friend, not wanting to give the Packers any credit, but Jordan Love did. He did come back to earth. He slammed back to the pavement pretty hard. That game, he he had. I think he was barely over sixty percent completion percentage. Um, he ended the game like as you called out with a terrible, terrible interception. Ones they teach you in Pop Warner not to do. Um, and if we can get that Jordan Love more consistently. If we can keep him around in the professionals, professional ranks, throwing passes like that, a la Brett Favre, but he doesn't have the Brett Favre arm to, arm to pull that off or the uh, the horseshoe in his back pocket. If we can get more of that going on for the next few years, I'm with it. I'm, we'll I'm, be fine. And <laughs> for offseason, once we get into it completely and start looking at it, they're in sort of hurting status when it comes to cap. They have an effective cap right now of almost minus seven million in the hole. Mm. So they've got some choices to make, which just breaks our heart. I know. Um, but yes, seeing Jordan Love play well that second half of the season is disheartening to us. But hey, it'll just make our division better because we're going to have very good quarterbacks in the near future battling against each other, whether it be golf in Detroit, whether it be Caleb Williams in Chicago, or whether it be Jaden Daniels, maybe in Minnesota, it's going to be fun to watch. That's all I want to see. I want to see some fun football. And the best fun football is when the Packers lose and all our teams are <laughs> Amen. all over them. <laughs> So, all right, so we talked about the playoffs. So let's take a quick break, and we can get into some of the other news surrounding the NFC North. And that, and by that means, I mean that us two teams that's in the offseason. Let's see, let's see what they've been up to. And for those watching on YouTube, just stick around for a second. Those listening on audio, check out our advertisers. You know, they support us. Go ahead and show them support, too. We, are, we can appreciate it all together. Be right back. All right. This is your NFC North Roundtable. Who will be king? Championship game edition. Fellas, we already talked about Detroit versus San Francisco, Detroit versus everybody. I think I think I think Detroit, I think everybody in the nation, other than you know those teams that have rooting interests that's in the championship game, I think everybody else in the nation is pulling for Detroit to, to handle their business this week. Um, we talked about the Packers; they ended their season triumphant in hilarious fashion. I I, I, I think I can say that we they, it ended the way it needed to end with a terrible throw and a you know you shouldn't have done that <laughs> you shouldn't have done that type of play. <laughs> So let's get into some other news. The Bears, they started the week off right after the Packers lost. 
The Bears kicked off the work week early Monday morning, made some news. They hired an offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron, from the Seattle Supersonics. Um, it was the first domino that needed to fall this offseason. There was nothing we could do. There's nothing we can do draft-wise or anything personnel-wise until we've figured out who's going to be calling the plays and who's going to be leading the offense. Um, now, as I've heard from some San Francisco, Seattle Seahawk fans in the comments from some from our show that we've put put on for the reaction of this, they're happy he's gone. <laughs> they say good luck with them. Okay, all right. Um, that doesn't make me feel any better about the hire. However, dealing with what we dealt with the last two years under Luke Getze, you can only go up. You can only go up. It, Shane Waldron has, for if nothing else, he's experienced. He's coached every position group except for running backs. He's done it at the UFL level. He's done it in college football. And he's done it with under Bill Belichick. He's done it under Shanahan. He's done it under McVay. And he's done it under Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll being the uh, Seattle Seahawks, where he was the offensive coordinator the last three years. Now, it's fair. I have to mention the offense ranked pretty much mid-pack every year. I think the highest they were ranked was uh, last year when Gino, Gino was the first-year starter there. I think they were the 13th-rated offense. Let me tell you, give me the Bears in the 13th-rated offense right now. <laughs> tell me I'm going to be that. I will I will push, I'll push over somebody's grandmother to get there. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so from that from that angle, just having a an experienced guy calling the plays, calling the shots, and letting everything be known, I'm fine with it. We I feel like we've got the tools, we've got the um the necessary um skill position players to make things work. Now, the big question in around Chicago is what does this hire mean? for what we do with our first, our first overall draft selection. And I got to give it to Ryan Post, general manager of the Chicago Bears. He's a sneaky guy. He hired a guy that doesn't lean one way or the other, at least publicly. If you look at his offense, it like you can make an argument like, hey, that, you know, that might look good for Justin or, you know, it might look good for Caleb. You never know. Um, hiring some of the other guys that they, they interviewed, Cliff Kingsbury, Greg Roman, yada, yada, yada. You can definitely make a decision like, okay, we see where the Bears are leaning. If they hire Greg Roman, all right, we know where this is going to end, right? So I kind of like that. Those two, those two reasons why I'm okay with the hire so far. I, I, it's a wait-and-see approach. Let's see what happens. Let's, let's hope the offseason bears more fruit as far as uh, acquisitions for the roster. And we see who, who else we hire to fill out the rest of that coaching staff because we had to fire almost everybody because, you know, between being indecent or just bad at your job, we got to replace everybody from the coaching level. Uh, is anybody anybody else got a, an opinion on that? Hey, I think it's a great thing that you're adding new talent. Now we'll see if it's Eberflus or not next season is the problem. Um, now, was Eberflus in charge of hiring your new OC? 
or was that's it a, that's another good question um i first to me look after you after we had to fire everybody else that you hired you should not be allowed to hire anybody else ever again so <laughs> they haven't said who was the um leading force in these in these decisions to hire uh Shane Walter and any, who else is going to fill out the staff it will be interesting to, you know, in the coming weeks to find out who who definitely did that. Because if they let Iberflus did it, if they let Iberflus have had any direction in that, I will be a very upset Bears fan. Well, you I, want him to at least say, yes, I can get along with the guy. Well, of course, yeah. And, you know, you can get along with him. I mean, you are his boss. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, you hired Luke Getze. Yeah. You know that that tells us about your decision making and that and that you know uh NAF process as well. You know, get Luke Getze, he was he had only been in a passing game coordinator. He had never been an offensive coordinator before, never been a quarterback's coach, anything like that. He's just he was just friends with Aaron Rodgers. That's pretty much the bullet point on his resume. Um and Nathaniel Hackett is another guy that's friend with Aaron Rodgers for, for what it's worth. We saw how that, you know, you give him a little bit of power. You saw what happened with there. So, again, for for one thing that I would give Iberflus credit for, we did have a, we did make strides this past season. Especially and, on the defensive side. Especially on the defensive side. And we made strides with him pretty much doing everything himself. He was the godfather. He was the one pulling the strings for defense he was the defensive coordinator himself he's the head coach he's got to do all the cooking he's like uh like uh clemenza he's in the kitchen cooking while everybody's you know (laughs) went to the mattress he's uh he's also got to check in with luke getty because you know being that the offense was terrible he had to keep poking his head into those offensive meetings there's a lot of stuff iberflus had to do so again going back to my previous comment about hiring an off an experienced offensive coordinator, he can let that go. He can let those responsibilities, let somebody else take that, and he can just focus on being the CEO, focus on being the Don. Um, I, again, I like it for that for that reason for that reason alone. Now, if it doesn't work out, then so be it. You know, we can just start all over. It's not something that we're not <laughs> we're not uh, foreign to in Chicago. <laughs> Elsewhere in the division. Minnesota, how are you all holding up in this off-season streets? Oh, so far, so good. Um, we are uh, over on Vikings First and Skull. We're going through our Skull Search series where we do player profiles for the draft. We've got another one tonight at 6 o'clock where we're profiling J.J. McCarthy from Michigan, possible future quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings. Who knows? how the Vikings are going to go this draft, but it's good to know all the quarterbacks and we're slowly getting through most of the top quarterbacks and it's going to be interesting. The only one I don't think we've done so far is Jaden Daniels, my personal favorite, but everybody's talking about quarterbacks and quarterbacks is leading the discussion, whether you're a, what we use, what we like to call Kirk stands or Kirkistanis, you're all for bringing back Kirk Cousins, or if you want something new, new blood, let's draft somebody in the first round. That's the predominant discussion so far this week. 
it's interesting. Kirk Cousins keeps himself in the news. Odds came out today where he's going to end up. Uh, top selection on that happens to be the Raiders, which is all right. There's other teams involved. There's Patriots. There's Steelers. Falcons is one of the top picks. We're going to find out. And the Falcons just got their head coach right before we started to record. And it's going to be interesting to see if the Vikings work out a deal that he's happy with, that we're happy with, so we're not pushing the cap can down the road like the Saints, or if we let him walk. And that's everybody in Vikings land. That's what they're talking about, that. And then after that, everything's secondary, whether it be defensive line or interior offensive line or cornerbacks. It's all secondary to the quarterback question. So we're going to find out. And for the viewers that don't know, Vikings first in Skull, our very own Tyler Fornis, is going to be down in Mobile starting Monday. He flies out this weekend. This will be his fourth or fifth consecutive year down there. He'll be evaluating players and reporting for Vikings first in Skull on the players that are down there. So it's going to be an interesting offseason. We got to step it up, Foster. (laughs) (laughs) That's for the uh, Senior Bowl or what's down there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Reese's Senior Bowl down in Mobile, Alabama. Gotcha. Practice start Monday, and the game is, I think, next Saturday. And... It's sponsored by the NFL. The NFL puts it on every year. It's one of the two all-star games that they put on. And it brings down coaches from each team, evaluators from each team. They're all there, right? Uh, Two of our coaches, Durante Jones, our defensive back coach, and another defensive coach are down there. I think Durante Jones is going to be the defensive coordinator on the national team. and But he... The whole idea is, one, for those younger coaches, it gets them groomed for moving up in the coaching field, right? Durante Jones is our defensive back coach. He's going to be doing the D.C. duties. But, two, it allows teams to get to meet these young prospects. Now, they don't have the very tippy-top of the draft. Those guys aren't going to be there because it does no good for them to go there. The only reason you're going to go there is to hopefully raise your stock. But there are some key quarterbacks. Bo Nix is one of them. You're going to get uh, Spencer Rattler. All A bunch of other ones are going to be there. J.J. McCarthy is not. He's not going to be there. Um, But there's other ones that are going to be there that we can sit there and evaluate and watch. And it's not just Tyler down there on the sidelines doing his thing and then doing interviews afterwards. It's also us as fans. We get to watch all next week, and I think it's the NFL Network and maybe ESPN. They both do broadcasts of all the individual drills. See, this is where this is gets me. Anybody that knows Dave knows I love the big round bellies. I was <laughs> I played offensive and defensive line. I love linemen, right? And to be able to sit there and watch, for me, linemen go at it. I can sit there and go, his technique is great or his technique stinks. Is he coachable and all this other stuff. For me, it helps me in the preparation as we build up towards the draft. Now, 
That's it over on the Viking side. I don't know what the Bears are doing. What are your fans doing? Have you got a draft side, Pay? That you focus on. Yeah, we're focusing on we're always waiting on pro days. You know, nothing going on in the senior bowl is, you know, top of mind for the Bears. It's all about that pro day and the interviews that come after that. And for him, the presumptive number one overall draft pick. Everything starts and ends with that right there. Now, I would hope with that other first round draft pick that we have, that we try to fix some of these holes we have in the uh, offensive line, the round bellies, as you mentioned. Because mm-hmm. God, Lord knows, we, we played with duct tape on for them all season and we we actually did pretty good but three out of five of that position needs to be on on that and that deep uh line group needs to be rotated out at least two like two cannot come back next season i'm not going to say their names but at least two need not need not to show their face at hallis hall um when off-season activities begin um that's my hope um so I did. I did. My my ear my my ears perked up when you said JJ McCarthy would not be there for the Senior Bowl. I, I gotta ask. I know this is probably a little little sidebarish. Like, what what are you all's opinion on JJ McCarthy as a pro prospect? And I I'm gonna go right to June. You know, you're a <laughs> Michigan guy. Let's let's talk about him. Um. Ultimately, I don't think he's quite ready. Uh, I know he has all the tools. I know he has a, a pretty strong. He has a strong enough arm. Uh, he's, uh, he's he's pretty mobile. I just think he probably could have used another year. Uh, he was in a run-heavy offense, and he took some crazy, crazy chances. Um, where if I'm an NFL coach, I like to see him a little bit more mature in that area. But other than that, he has some intangibles. There's nothing that he can't be coached or fixed up. Um, But he's a pretty good, like there's some quarterbacks in this draft. I I rate before him though, like a lot, but not a, I want to say. No, you said it. (laughs) Well, well, when you think of quarterbacks in this draft, I think of, uh, I forget his last name, the quarterback out of North Carolina. Drake I think Lace. of Daniels. I think of Penix. Um, Nicks. Bo Nix. There's mm-hmm. several that I would take before J.J. And Penix is going to be down there at the Senior Bowl, too. Yeah. Um, well, with Harbaugh now getting the head coaching job for the Los Angeles Chargers, mm-hmm. I want to challenge John Harbaugh. He doesn't have a pair unless he trades away Herbert and drafts Jaden or JJ McCarthy. That'd that'd be crazy. That's not going to happen. I know it's not going to happen, but I would love for it too. That's got to be close to insubordination, wouldn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Draft the proven guy and just take your guy. Yeah. That's, that's close to a fireball offense as I could ever imagine. <laughs> yeah. But I would go into Cap Hell and kick the can road for Herbert if they want to do that. Yeah. Oh, They're yeah. not going to. Mm-hmm. 
Shit, I, I, I would, I would. We we got a lot of quarterback questions in Chicago too. If they wanted to make Herbert available, you know what? Let's just let's just uh. Hey, it's, it's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> but it's good for the Chargers that Harbaugh's there because he's going to build up their offense and defensive line, and they're going to become a more power team with a very, very good quarterback behind them. Mm-hmm. And it's looking up for them because they're, uh, I don't want to say the Detroit Lions of the AFC, but you know they've had some good years. But for the most part, they don't make it that far. That is they, they make crazy. the play. They were they were making the playoffs though. Just, yeah. yeah. And they're super talented. They're talented on defense. If they can get it together, they can be really tough, I think. Well, and hopefully they can build up their fan base more than that just that one lady we kept seeing on Twitter <laughs> all the time. And oh, uh, now especially now that they're oh, in boy. Los Angeles. It's the Chargers. They yeah. They're in the wrong market. If they if they want a fan base, they gotta they gotta stop trying to bite the coattails of another team. <laughs> oh my goodness i would um, like to say my take on the um, uh, jj mccarthy yeah all right let's go as from the spartan perspective what, what do you think about jj mccarthy as a pro prospect i'm weary of michigan quarterbacks um you know the Kirk cousins guy he's he's pretty good you know he went to a pretty good school oh. but, um, i mean he's he's <laughs> i mean he was no you know Tom Brady, but okay. <laughs> yeah, they he won the national championship in nineteen ninety seven. And Kirk didn't win anything. No, no, no. But he's number one in making money. Yeah, yeah I mean, Tom Brady only won Super Bowls and a national yeah. title. So hey, you know. but over overall though, Tom Brady is an anomaly. You know, it's, but but yeah, um, but like but like you said, June. You know, they lean very heavily on the run. I, I remember games where they ran the ball 20, like something crazy, like 25 times in a row. So, I mean, yeah. to yeah, to say, is he ready to take over a team and and at, at the NFL level? I would venture to say no. But Yeah, but is that his fault or is that Harbaugh designing a power enough, powerful enough running game? That I think running the ball made it easy. Yeah, yeah, running the ball. Yeah, it definitely would, would I, make it easy. But I, I do think that um, there was there was reasoning behind it, and some of that was trust. Because I mean, I think running the ball twenty five. It, it was some crazy. It was twenty plus times that they ran in a row. That's like pretty excessive. I mean, we can't say that they were all good runs, but I'm sure a lot of them were. Well, here here's here's why they ran the ball. They were successful. It's, it was working. Um, it wasn't like they were going three and out, running the ball 25 times. They were moving the ball downfield. So yeah. I just don't – I just think that if you have a decent quarterback in that offense, it's going to be okay because you're running the ball. You're controlling the line of scrimmage. You're only asking your quarterback to make certain plays at certain times. Basically – do a little bit more than manage the game. And I just don't think JJ's quite ready for the next level. But hey, Brock Purdy was the last pick. He was round seven. Last pick of the anomaly. Can't, can't base it on that. Yeah. That's, I, that's I'm not basing great. it on anything. My 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 basis is we don't know until you get there. Well, yeah. yeah. So 
True. And those anomalies, whether it be Purdy or whether it be Brady, are about 35 years apart. So that's how often that happens. I mean, you know, when I get it on my side all the time, fans are like, oh, we go with somebody drafted in the seventh round. Look at Purdy. Or what happened to Brady? He was drafted, what, in the sixth? Sixth. Right. And it was like, guys, those are anomalies. That doesn't happen. Well, you want a good quarterback, your highest chances of doing that is drafting them in the first round. Yes, I can name some first round picks that were just horrible. At yeah, I was gonna say Zach he, he said your best chance. He didn't say chance. it was automatic. Well, he said it was your best chance. Well, let's and actually, it's, about, it's clear. It has nothing to do with the round. It has everything to do with the player, and that's my that, point. That's what it ends up being. But yeah. if you look at it from a numerical standpoint, out of the last twenty-one years or so. About 60% of first-round draft choices, it may be a little bit higher, 65%, turn out to be a serviceable quarterback. That includes Justin Fields. Serviceable quarterback. We're not talking all-stars, right? The all-star percentage is much lower than that. But it's about 60, 65, 67%, somewhere in there. As soon as you hit the second round, that dives into half of that. And then once you get the third round, it's like half of that. So the that percentage goes way down way fast. Now, mm-hmm. yes, you find the right guy, Tom Brady. Match him up with the right coach, Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. And magic can happen. Uh, and we'll find out if San Francisco is making that magic or if Detroit spoils it this Sunday. And it, that's that's what it comes down to. You can mess up. Hey, Vikings messed up. First round draft choice went for it. Pick number twelve, Christian Ponder. Right. Oh, and the only good thing about Christian Ponder was how his wife. His wife. <laughs> and that was that was it. You know. And Vikings fans are very very much scarred mentally, traumatized because of the Christian Ponder pick. Right, the Vikings did draft a first rounder after that in Teddy Bridgewater, and Teddy was on his way to be very, very good. And then suddenly, the freakiest of freaky accidents happen, and his knee gets uh, dislocated, and he almost loses his leg. Mm. Right, he was never the same after that. And he, you just, and before that, the only other number one that did great was Dante Culpepper. Mm-hmm. And he was doing great in the year four, five, whatever it was. And then, bang, he just shreds his knee. Right. right? So Vikings fans are very leery. Oh, we can't draft a quarterback. Number one, it never works. <laughs> no, we got to do it. We've got to try to give us our best chance. Yeah. No, we need to sign Kirk Cousins back. <laughs> okay. Who are you? Who are you? Hoping your team drafts there as far as a quarterback in the first round there, Dave. Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels. Oh. If, yeah, because I think May and Williams are going to be long gone. I'm hoping we get in the position to get Jaden Daniels. Okay. You're at pick 10 or 11? 11. 11. Okay. We're Jayden two behind Dan- you. What we're going to have to hope for is to trade up into three, four, or five spot. Most I likely. wouldn't with like people. He's going to go that, that high. I think so. Mm-hmm. He might. Anthony Richardson, well, that's, if I'm saying his name right, for the Colts. Yeah, for the Colts. I mm-hmm. think they're 
I think Jaden Daniels a tick better than him. And he went what top top five? Yeah. And Anthony Richardson was the the player that the Vikings tried to, to trade the farm for. Mm-hmm. And not just the farm, but the, all the cows and the chickens and everything else for last year. So if they went for Anthony Richardson last year, Jaden Daniels, I think, is who they're targeting this year. But Richardson's workouts were crazy, wasn't he? Like 6'4". Yeah. Four, yeah. Two, oh, yeah. 4'5", four, 4'40", four, 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 threw the ball 70 yards in there. Daniels yeah. is like a little guy, isn't he? No, he's 6'3". Six, six, or is he tall? I don't, I don't I'd have to look. He's Maybe over he's six not. feet. He's not a diminutive yeah. quarterback. Right. Um, and I don't want a quarterback under six one, but and I prefer the taller ones because they literally tend to do better. I don't want a Bryce. Haul. Don't want a Bryce. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not in the NFL. Oh yeah, Daniels is tall. Yeah, he's six four. Yeah, he's 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 skinny. Yeah, that's, that's what I worry more, about. That's more what I was saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he's only like two twenty, but he can put on pounds. That's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. He's not going to have to or shouldn't have to be put in a position to run like he did at LSU. LSU. It's a different ball game in the NFL. There's certain people, you know, you have your Lamar Jacksons, but other than that, no, you're going to get down. You're not going to have a lot of design runs for uh, Daniels like you did at LSU. Um, Right. And plus, there's no need. We've got enough offensive weapons, as you all know, that can catch the football. (laughs) Yes. Yes, we know. That familiar color he'll be throwing to. (laughs) Now, when it comes to pay and what Caleb Williams is going to do in Chicago, that's going to be an interesting question. How that offense is going to look. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. (laughs) Let let, let me, I have a question about that. Now, is is he willing to go to Chicago? Because he was, he said some stuff. Well, he didn't say it. Some people around him said it. Okay, so that's been cleared up. He's willing to play for Chicago. He never said that either, but <laughs> he, he did He did put his, his name into the draft. He knows who has the number one pick. Yeah, right. and the whole uh, he wants 10%, he knows that's not going to happen. All that sort of stuff. I mean, hey, ask, ask he wanted 10% want of a franchise, whoever drafts. That's great, like. Is he not only you got to earn that. You don't just no. Ten percent is a lot of it. I think I don't think he said that either. I think that was his dad that said that. Maybe oh, so. We but don't listen to the parents, man. It's uh, I don't even think it's legal in the NFL. No, too. it's not. It's not. Yeah, that sounds. That sounds. They have to work around it, like Kraft did with Brady. Yeah, I think that. W- <laughs> I think I don't think that was crafted Brady. I think it was Brady and uh, what's the guy down there uh, that owns the Dolphins? I forget his name right now. That's what I know you're talking about. Well, yeah, but with Kraft, it was bringing in all the Brady food and the oh yeah yeah the yeah, sales yeah. stuff and yeah, yeah, yeah. all the that TV came to the stadium, you know, and was sold. That was that was that sort of wink wink nod nod. Yeah yeah yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. okay. Brady Brady starts a. Brady starts a brand, and then okay, all, all of a sudden, all his brand stuff is in the uh, is in uh, New England. All the, mm-hmm. the training facilities, like okay, all right, you can pay twice, Brady. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a multi-millionaire. All, hey, 
if you aren't cheating, you ain't trying, as they say in NASCAR. And as long as it's not against the rules, by all means, I want players to maximize their opportunity to get paid. They yeah. should. I mean, they're yeah. you know, it's millionaires playing for billionaires, and why not? And especially when you get to the lower level players, if they can get you know a little bit of crumbs, by all means, because they're putting in just as much work as the superstars. But if if these guys can get paid and set themselves up for life, all for it. Go for it. We all know that football is hard on the body. Uh, I can tell you from experience and, you know, waking up every day and can only lift a shoulder only up so far, it's, it's, you know, hey, go for it. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Shout out to the new head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> Dave, where can everybody find you and your Vikings, all the news and notes and everything else coming out of the Vikings? Hey, you can go to vikingsfirstandskull.com, which drives you to uh, Fans First Sports Network, Viking side, uh, Minnesota Vikings, where we have all our written pieces. You can find us on your favorite aggregator uh, for podcasts. And we have some podcast-only stuff that you can only find via podcast. Writing's different. Some of the writings talks about the shows. Other writings, totally different. And then on the video side, you can find us at Vikings First and Skull on YouTube. And we have a show tonight, like I said before. We are skull-searching, we're, and we're doing a player profile say that three times fast on jj mccarthy who we talked about tonight michigan standout national champion jj mccarthy and we're going to talk about how he might play into the minnesota vikings consensus has it he'll be a second round pick so if we really screw up the first round we might be getting him in the second we'll find out but we're all over there just Right, Vikings first and Skull, and you can find us. And we love talking to the fans. Yeah, talking to the fans is probably one of the best things about this job. Uh, they it, they tend to be a very, very, ex- in fact, more than very, extremely passionate in my comment section, <laughs> especially especially when I end up getting it wrong. Shout out to Ter- uh, Terrence Peters. <laughs> um, our, our Detroit Lions uh, duo, where can everybody hear you guys? Well, you can check us out at Motor City Metrics. That's the YouTube. You can also uh, check us out on Bleachers to Speakers. Uh, that's another. That's our new YouTube channel. Subscribe to that. And all streaming, all pl- podcast streaming platforms, just type in Bleachers to Speakers, FFSN. Foster, did I miss anything? No, I think you got it. Hey, but you cover more than just the Lions. Oh yeah, yeah. See, Foster, you supposed to. That's when. That's when Foster supposed to. You know. I didn't know we were promoting the. Hey, that, that the other. other team. The, you don't. You're. Are you ashamed? <laughs> other teams. <laughs> are you we ashamed? Won, Foster? We, we won last night. We got a show tonight too. If you want to check it out, yeah. you guys were favored <laughs> to win last night. You actually covered. I, hey, weird. <laughs> Weird. Post game podcast where we cover the Detroit Pistons. 
And that can be found on Motor City Metrics and all streaming podcast platforms. That's Post Game Podcast, FFSN. And we have a show that we'll be doing shortly. Awesome. And if you're watching this on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram, you see the banner at the bottom. Subscribe to the Bear Claw everywhere you get your podcasts. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Pandora, Amazon Music, uh, anywhere that they, that plays the audio. Ask Alexa, ask Siri, play the Bear Claw podcast. They'll take care of you. If you want to check us out visually, we're at the same places. We're on X, YouTube, TikTok. We got all the videos, all our clips, all our memes, fan engagement stuff will be right there for you. And listen. The offseason for the Bears is typically more entertaining than the, than the season is. It's been that way for about 25 years. Don't think because we're not playing any games, there's nothing to talk about. There's always something to talk about. The Bears are always doing something. Maybe not for the best, but they're doing something. And we'll be here to give you that, <laughs> give you that breakdown. Fellas, this has been a great show. If you got anything else, let's 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 put it out there. As always, Skull Vikings! Toilet flush. <laughs> listen, listen it, was a, it was a little meek, but we're going to restore the war, roar this time. <laughs> we, we, just so you know, and for, for, for everybody in Chicago and any bear nation worldwide, bear down.